Ladies, gentlemen, philosophers of all kind, welcome back to The Warrior Poet. Today we're going to be talking about the issue of trust, primarily trust in the workplace. I like thinking a lot about these primeval scenarios when it comes to the workplace and relationships and teams, and most of all, leadership. We have a lot of constructs in civilization now and in the modern economy that are in no way comparable to what it was like in different organizations, different cultures, and especially our roots as tribes and human beings. We didn't have hierarchies and processes. You didn't have a manager necessarily. Of course, you might have had the alpha of the troop. You may have had some sort of enforcer. You may have had some sort of feudal lord. Not endorsing any of that necessarily. But in terms of your place in the organization, it was arguably much more fluid. My go-to scenario, <laughs> the one I picture the most in these kinds of situations, especially the ones where I'm frustrated, is a kind of fence-building scenario. I like to picture a village where there's just large pieces of land rolling hills it's kind of a prairie maybe maybe we're in england just so i can practice my british accent in the countryside outside of london <laughs> and in these scenarios where you pitch together to do something bigger than yourself there's a certain volunteerism at play. Maybe a better example than that scenario where there's sort of a civic duty, maybe uh, you'll, you'll lose something from uh, your leader or the city if you don't participate. Might be a barn raising, right? Or helping someone build a house in your neighborhood. Neighborhood is in, in my podcast, the air quotes there because I'm thinking more of, you know, farmland, rural America, helping each other build houses from scratch. If someone tries to use their authority in a bad way, or if someone shows themselves to not hold their word or have your best interest at heart right next to theirs, then you won't engage with them in a repeat game. In the SEAL teams, reputations are sacrosanct, and guys joke that there's a lot of gossip in the teams, and in any elite world, there's this sort of gossip that goes on about how it is to work with someone, what they're like, what their reputation is, what their ability to perform is, and not that it comes up, because it's usually not an issue but it is probably the most important thing, what their character is like. So if we picture that prairie, let's go out and build a fence or dig a trench or <laughs> whatever crude thing we might do all together as a team, you won't associate yourself with those people who can't be trusted. And those people who can't be trusted, they're 
reputation will precede them in many ways. There's much less trust today, though, in the workplace by nature than those field scenarios, those rural or primeval organizational scenarios. There's actually less trust today, I believe, between workers and between workers and manager because they're in a way bonded to that leader. Whether that be by safety, by protecting their reputation as a worker, or just living paycheck to paycheck like 70% plus of Americans do. What we have then, I believe, is a situation where trust is in reality a one-way street. As a leader, you cannot expect your people to trust you, but you need to trust them and you need to demonstrate that you can be trusted, that you're worthy of their trust. Often in technology, as well as any other modern corporation, there's an expectation that estimates will be given about risk and about cost of effort to build X piece of software or Y feature within a given product. What people who are experienced are used to hearing in many companies, there are exceptions to this, what they're used to hearing is something along the lines of, oh, well, Sally says she needs this estimate, but how do I know she's going to use what we give her in the right way? She might just go tell Bill that we can build this without all the caveats that we're providing. And so information and decision-making cycles being faster, that's what's going to help you and your organization succeed. But if people can't trust you enough or your junior leaders enough to pass along estimates with the right level of fidelity, the right caveats, and not at the end of the day, shooting anyone, metaphorically speaking, of course, because they got it wrong. If they can't trust you to do that, then you get a scenario where there's two things that are both bad happening at the same time. One is they will drag their feet and not provide estimates at all to as many things as they should to support decision-making. And when they do, they will take longer than necessary in, a, in, in terms of what it should take. They'll take longer because they want to get it right. They'll do all sorts of analysis that they wouldn't normally do. And quite frankly, for you as a senior person, you don't need to be making the tactical decisions. You should trust your people to do that. In order to provide that directional guidance, you don't even need that level of accuracy that they're providing, but they want to protect themselves. So they'll take longer to get it right. And then the second thing is obvious that follows on from that first sort of two-pronged problem of dragging and taking too long is 
that they'll just pad the estimates. And you almost have some sort of cascading effect over time and across teams where people just increasingly pad their estimates. And then what happens when you pad estimates? The work takes longer for everything. People just go slower because they have more time. And you can envision your organization slowly grinding to a painful halt. Perhaps that last point is something that doesn't get talked about enough, which is the momentum of speed in the workplace. So much emphasis in technology, especially, is placed on the agile process itself, as well as the other processes of product development and technology. There's something, though, that is worth doubling down on in terms of the culture of moving fast. You build up speed with speed behind you. If people aren't used to moving fast, you can't get them to work like that. While it's great to envision these little technological utopias on all these islands at Google, Facebook, venture-funded startups, and just hardworking small businesses across the economy. It's great to envision those utopias. And, and the reason I say utopia is because utopia is sort of a top-down design. And I've witnessed many founders and middle managers try and over-design the system, every little component part, like a little puzzle that they can put together perfectly. But the truth is, humans are unpredictable. And you can try and control that unpredictability, or you can harness it. And humans in your organization, if you hire good ones, and you trust them, and they trust you, they will do amazing things with that unpredictability. But you can't harness that unpredictability if they're not moving fast, if they're not trusted to make decisions, take risks, and learn all very quickly. Think about it this way as well. Even if you are that person who wants to move really fast, and even if you have this sort of self-contained ability to move fast, aren't you going to move a lot faster and with a lot more mission focus if everyone around you is doing the same thing? Plus, it's just exciting to do that. And the feeling of moving fast and breaking things, whether that be in the SEAL teams, whether that be in the science lab, or in a startup, that feeling is palpable in the office, or even if you're on a remote team, like many people are now increasingly. Okay, so let's do a quick rundown of the things that one might want to trust a leader on so that you're aware of how big this trust factor is. 
Remember, it is a one-way street. You need to prove to people that they can trust you through your words and most of all, your actions. How you use the information they give you, what discretion you have. Every word you say in terms of approval of performance or criticism of others, all those factors come into play. And are you competent? Will you survive in that organization? Are you trusted by senior people? Believe me, all of those quote unquote below you and around you see that. So what are these things that you need to be trusted on? Career development. That's a huge one. It often gets left by the wayside, especially amongst type A people, ambitious companies trying to achieve great things, trying to create a dent in the universe and focus on results. It's easy to forget that if you don't focus on helping your people achieve their career goals and develop themselves in a way that sets them up for success, then you're really missing the boat and simply being short-sighted. Compensation, obviously, that's something that you need to be able to be trusted on. Everyone knows that, but sometimes forget it. And even if you can't reward everyone with compensation all the time, at least being forthright and bringing that up in conversations routinely to know whether people feel like they're being paid fairly and what their circumstances are. They need to obviously know or trust that they're not going to get fired. And often this is really hard, even with good people in uncertain environments, that you'll give them the scope that they want and deserve. And sometimes with that scope point, you need to give people scope before they even think they're ready for it. You need to give them responsibilities because often people think they're not ready for responsibilities, but they will rise to that occasion. I've seen that with my younger siblings. I'm the oldest of seven. I've seen that in the military and I've seen that uh, on teams that I've run in the private sector. They need to trust that you're going to get them budget and give them resources. So once you start to hire your own leaders below you who have their own teams, you need to be able to go to bat for them and get them what they need to achieve their goals and get compensated accordingly, get promoted, uh, and ultimately serve the mission in a fulfilling way. Having been in this position myself several times trying to get resources, I think that it's easy for an outsider or a senior leader to regard the grasping, the solicitation, the proposal to get more resources as well, they just want to achieve their goals so they can get promoted and get compensated. But, you know, we see the bigger picture, yada, yada, yada. It, it's much more nuanced than that for those who are mission focused, because for many of the best people, and I've worked with insanely great people across numerous industries, private sector, government sector, the best people are the ones who care more about the fulfillment of the job and achieving the mission than they do about the money. They need to be able to trust you on how their work is being represented. They need to be able to trust you on how you represent their work when they're not around. Okay, now that we've enumerated that list, much of which 
for a sensible listener like all of you are, much of that will sound pretty obvious. Let's dive a little deeper. Here's some things where there might be a barrier, a natural barrier for a variety of reasons in terms of their trust. And this is where you will really need to make some breakthroughs. These are, in my experience, like we said earlier, work estimates, risk estimates, estimates of reliability and quality ahead of time. All those things can come back to bite people. But if they cannot give you that reasonable estimate, or even sometimes you want an aggressive estimate for some reason to be able to make a certain decision or set a certain goal, if they can't trust you to have their back at the end of the day, you're in some real trouble and you're going to have some real obstacles to innovating and succeeding in the marketplace. The next couple are regarding feedback. One is regarding feedback on other superiors and their colleagues. And then, of course, feedback on you as their leader. You want feedback so you can do your job better. We all want to improve. Obviously, if they can't trust you to not hold that against them, then uh, you've got a world of hurt coming your way organizationally. And then finally, decisions. They need to be able to make decisions and know that you have their back. This set of things, they're some of the most important things that we do, especially in the innovation world. So it's imperative that you find ways to measure your success, your, your degree of trust there. Bottom line, this is a lot of things, but most of these things that we've talked about here in this last set of things boil down once again to information. And then the cherry on top there with decisions is initiative, which we haven't talked about in a while on The Warrior Poet, and we need to do that more. So in the words of Joe Biden, Remember, trust is a big fucking deal. Okay, at the risk of belaboring the what you can do portion, I always want to leave you with some takeaways. And we talk about some scenarios on the Warrior Poet and some ideas that often are fairly nascent or novel. So sometimes I may pose some questions for you but I don't pretend to always have all the answers. It really bothers me when bloggers and other folks, supposed experts, claim to have all the answers. Because if they do, chances are it was common sense and you could have arrived at those answers all by yourself. So here we go, though. I, I've, got, I've got some takeaways today. First, show Trust in them. If you want people to trust you, show trust in them. Trust is a one-way street. You need to give it. You need to earn it. They don't owe it to you by any means, and they don't need to earn it. I don't know about you, but I personally have had an experience where a boss 
made it seem like the onus was on me continually to earn trust. And I had had a lot of prior experience at that point. And that is simply a terrible feeling as that subordinate. And it's just simply a terrible and extremely condescending and arrogant way to lead and shows, frankly, a lack of, in my opinion, self-esteem and self-confidence in that leader. Secondly, establish an understanding of no fault for many scenarios. Walk the walk yourself. You can't expect your people to give you these sort of Wild West freewheeling estimates all the time, give feedback on a bunch of people in the organization when you don't also exercise those principles. Walk the walk. Next, ensure, especially if you are a, some sort of middle manager, which a lot of people are in this audience and around the economy, ensure that those above you and then in any position, ensure those around you and then everyone below you are in sync with the new way. Don't think, don't make the mistake that you're going to change this trust model all by yourself. You need to ensure that everyone in this ecosystem is going to reinforce this culture of trust. Don't have your team on an island by themselves exercising this new positive trust model because your people and probably you with them will not survive very long. Lastly, and this is a little more speculative, it gets to that momentum point, increase the cycle time and frequency of the information estimates you are seeking from them. Obviously, you don't want to overburden your people, but I think you can create some muscle memory in terms of turning around estimates and they'll get better at creating estimates and they'll get better, most of all, at making decisions using some intuition and exercising some good judgment instead of feeling like they need to analyze everything. And this would not be an episode of The Warrior Poet unless we got all the way wet. Just one final note today. I think that while you could analyze the tips and tricks that I've given you here today and look at them process-wise. A much better way to approach the problem of leadership and the problem of establishing trust is to just be a good person. If you're looking out for customers, you're looking out for shareholders, and you've got your teams back, everything's probably going to be okay. One might think about relationships and the idea, I haven't heard anyone say this exactly this way, but I've, I've read sentiments to this effect, so I'm not claiming to be completely novel here. But you could think of love in that way, that love is a one-way street. There's so much talk about being a servant leader, but. To me, not to split hairs too much, although you know I love to, 
the servant leader terminology is just so dry and kind of means everything and nothing at the same time. It kind of misses the point of what the leader is supposed to do. And so if that concept of a servant leader is really powerful to you, go for it. I'm not going to judge you. But at the end of the day, if you are setting customers up for success and you're setting your team up to do their best work and you're doing that as a good person who is looking out for each of their individual and team interests, then the trust will come just as in any other relationship and you don't need to analyze the hell out of it. That is it for today. Be well. If you like the warrior poet there's more great content on instagram follow shri the warrior poet on instagram that's s-r-i the warrior poet you can also get to know me on a personal level by following shri actually on instagram as well the warrior poet is produced by laddie with special contributions by spoonman and me shri
No, 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 no. Kevin, me and the door. Spit up.